Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hello, welcome back to the 12th episode of the podcast, and uh, I'm glad you're here with me today. Episode 12, I think. I never get it right. I should always check, but I never do. (laughs) But uh, I think it's episode 12, and today's going to be a great podcast. Today is a podcast on faith and uh, an aspect of faith that God has been really speaking to me and uh, showing me like kind of a new dimension of faith because I believe you'll never go uh, to a new level in God if you don't receive a new revelation of who God is. And the great thing about God is there's always something new to learn. There's always a new dimension, a new side to learn of Him. God doesn't change, but God is eternal. God is someone that there's always something you can learn, always something you can grasp about His nature that's different and expands your revelation about who He is and what is promised to you. And so today we're going to delve into an aspect of faith that God's been speaking to me and showing me through study time and reading the Bible. And uh, I've entitled the podcast today, Faith Possesses All Things Now. Something I want you to understand about faith today, and this isn't something that will probably be new to you, uh, is that faith is now. Faith, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not yet seen. So the Bible says that faith is now. Faith isn't tomorrow. Faith isn't next week. But faith possesses the thing that was promised to it right now. So I want you to understand by faith that you don't have to wait for perfect circumstance. You don't have to wait until you're 30. If I don't know, for some reason, if you feel like that's something that you have to wait for. You have to wait for all the right circumstances and to have the right feeling, you know, but faith isn't about circumstance and faith is not about feeling. Faith is now faith believes the word of God to the point where it realizes it can possess the thing that was promised to it right now. And it can possess all things. And, uh, I want you to understand that today about faith before I go into the text of today, we have three different texts I'm going to read from because this is actually all throughout the Bible, but something that God really showed me this week. And uh, so first thing is we're going to go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 13 to 21. The first point of this podcast is real faith has a promise. Real faith has a promise. So we're going to read out of Romans 4, and I want to read to you what Paul writes about the promise to Abraham that was realized through faith. The Bible says in Romans 4, verse 13, it says, For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs. For if it is, excuse me, if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, 
in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Listen to this. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Hallelujah. So I want you to see from that first text that we read that you cannot access the promise of God outside of faith. That faith is what unlocks the promise. Faith is the reason why the promise is available to those who aren't Jewish by blood. Faith is the reason that even though you weren't born, maybe you were, but most of us probably listening, we weren't born with full Jewish blood and, you know, we already have this kind of promise that's to us because we're God's chosen people. Most of us are Gentiles, what the Bible would call us. And so we can only access the promise of Abraham through faith. So faith isn't about your body. It isn't about your flesh. It isn't about what skin color you are. is isn't, isn't about you know, the parents that you were born to, but faith comes to those that believe. You have to access the promise of God, access the things that God has made available to his children by faith. I want you to see in verse 19, the Bible says that Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. So what does that mean? That means that faith doesn't concern itself with its flesh. That flesh and carnal things are have nothing to do with faith. Because the promise that God gave to Abraham was that he would be the father of many nations. But he received that promise, the Bible says, when he was about 100 years old. So the Bible says that in his flesh, Abraham couldn't deliver and bring to pass this promise that he received from God. So the only way for Abraham to make that promise alive and active was to access it by faith. And it's the same with us today, that we can't access the promise of God. We can't access the things that God has made available to us outside of faith, that it takes faith to activate and realize the promise of God. So faith believes despite feeling. Abraham did not consider his body or his flesh. So don't allow your flesh to dictate your faith. You know, that's a very simple thing to say. But a lot of Christians trip over and stumble over this simple part. 
allowing their flesh to rule their life and dictate their faith and dictate how they believe. You know, a lot of people can't even fast because their flesh is so strong that every time they try to fast, their flesh overpowers their will to the point where they can't fast. But you have to get to a point in your Christianity. You have to get to a point in your Christian walk that faith overcomes your flesh and you don't concern and communicate with your flesh to ask for permission when God asks you to do something. That your flesh has no authority over your life and over the destiny that God's called you to have. That your faith overcomes your flesh. So I want you to see from this passage of scripture that Abraham did not even consider his flesh, did not consider his own body when he received the promise of God. Because flesh cannot dictate your faith. And I want you to see how he did it. Verse 20, it says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So I want you to see first that unbelief is the greatest enemy of faith. Unbelief will make you waver to your faith and make you waver to the promise of God. So never allow unbelief and doubt, two of the things that God, you know, despises the most, two of the things that Jesus and his ministry on the earth, anytime there was unbelief in his disciples or someone he was praying for or someone that he was led to, it made Jesus angry. You know, there's a verse, I forget exactly where it is, but the Bible says that Jesus came to a region in his earthly ministry And the Bible says he could not do many miracles there, except only a few got healed because of the unbelief that was in the region that he was in. So understand that even if Jesus himself came to you and laid hands on you and told you all these things that he was going to do for you, if you had no belief in what he said to you, his word, it would prove of no effect. So people wonder, you know, why do all these people get healed in third world countries? But you come to America and it's like it's very difficult for people to receive healing. It's because it doesn't matter how strong the anointing is upon the preacher. If the person that needs to be healed doesn't have faith to be healed and believe the word of God, that preacher, no matter how anointed he is, no matter how much he knows the Bible, if he can't preach faith and belief into the person, the person cannot receive healing because the promises of God, whether it be healing, salvation, uh, deliverance, whatever it might be, they're only accessed by our faith. So unbelief is the greatest enemy of faith. Unbelief is what locks down regions and is the reason why there's no revivals and and things taking place in America. Unbelief. Unbelief must be broken before you can receive the promise of God. It's the greatest enemy of God. But see in verse 20, no unbelief made Abraham waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So I want you to see that giving glory to God allows you to grow strong in your faith because the thing that you glorify will grow. The thing that you glorify will grow. And this goes both ways. You know, you glorify things in your life every day without even realizing it. 
things that you devote time to, things that you allow to be before your eyes, things that you allow to be said and get into your ears, things that you allow to come out of your mouth, all of those things are glorifying whatever it is you're seeing, hearing, or saying. But faith glorifies God to the point where every issue, every problem, every world circumstance, every feeling becomes minimized as you glorify God. That as you exalt God, as you make God and what he has spoken, his word over and above and magnified over every issue, every issue must be minimized and every issue must become small. But the thing that you glorify will grow. So if I glorify God, if I glorify the things that God has spoken to me, his written word, if I glorify those things, allow the word of God to be ever before my eyes. Let the word of God always be in my ears, listening to preaching. If I allow the word of God to always be the confession of my mouth, then I'm glorifying God. And as I'm glorifying God, I'm growing strong in my faith. Hallelujah. And as you grow strong in your faith, you're able to access more promises of God because faith is the key to access what God has. So that's the first point I want to show you today is that faith has a promise. Faith has a promise. And the only way to access the promise is by faith. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to go to second Peter chapter one. And the second point for today is that real faith possesses. Real faith possesses. You know, it's impossible to have faith and not possess the thing that you're believing for. You know, if someone says they have faith, but they're broke, they're sick, they have all these issues, I would really question whether that person has faith because faith is alive. Faith possesses the things that it's believing for. Real faith possesses the promise. Real faith produces a tangible, real result in the life of the believer. And some people, the thing they do is they have faith for some things, but not faith for other things. And everyone, you know, has different levels of faith and everyone should be growing in their faith. But real faith, when you have it, it produces and allows you to possess the thing that you're believing for. And I want to show you this from the word of God in first or second Peter, excuse me, chapter one. Second Peter one, and I'm going to read verses three and four. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us. Oh wow, I'm actually in First Peter. Sorry. Second Peter. Hey, even I make mistakes. It's all right. Second Peter chapter one, verse three and four. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which God has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That's a powerful text in 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. But I want you to see that God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What does that mean? That means that there's nothing lacking in God or in his promises, that everything you need, all things are within the promise of God that God has granted to us by his divine power, that God contains everything we need and more. 
that you will never one day have to look outside of the promise to find what you're looking for or what you need or what you want. Because why? There is fullness in our faith. Faith possesses all things and it possesses all things right now. You don't have to wait 20 years. You don't have to wait until every circumstance is perfect. You don't have to wait until you have the right feeling about it. But by your faith becoming enlarged and glorified as you glorify God, your faith will become strong enough to the point where you can possess all things right now. There is fullness in God because the way of, the, of God is the best way. There's nothing, you know, there's no... Uh, lifestyle. There's no education. There's no thing you can learn on this earth. There's no wisdom of men that's greater than faith and the thing that faith produces in the life of a believer. God is the best way. When you choose God and when you choose the way of righteousness and you choose his way above other ways, it's the best way. So don't let people you know, even religious people, Christian people, church people tell you that when you choose God, there's less than. And when you choose God, you're not going to have everything everyone else has. And you're going to be in lack and you're going to scrape by. No, I dealt with that in the last episode. When you choose God and when you live by faith, not only do you have enough, but you possess all things right now. Because why? We have become, the Bible says, partakers of a divine nature. We've escaped from the standards and the way of living in this world. You know, when you really understand that scripture, that we've become partakers of a divine nature, you'll begin to understand that I don't have to bow to this world's systems. I don't have to bow to the circumstances and things that take place in this earth. My mind doesn't have to be swayed by what's going on in news media or what people are saying on social media or influencers or people on this planet that say things out of fear, that I am no longer a part of their system. I no longer am a partaker of their nature, but I've become a partaker of a divine nature in God through my faith. We have become partakers of a divine nature. We now operate by a different system. We now have different authority. We now don't speak like they speak. We don't speak in doubt and unbelief and fear. We no longer deal with the same things in our mind with anxiety and worry and things that trouble and cause chaos and confusion and frustration. No longer. No, sir. Because I've become a partaker of a divine nature in my spirit, my soul, and my body and my mind. Every part of me has now embraced and partaken of a divine nature in God. We don't speak the same. We don't operate the same. We don't live by the same rules. I don't have to have unbelief and fear in my mind. No, I'm a partaker of a divine nature and I've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Can you say hallelujah? So faith in this divine nature, it's not something that you'll have tomorrow. It's not something that you'll have one day if you pray and fast every day for 17 years, then God will allow you to become a partaker of this nature. No, this nature, this thing that God has given us to possess is right now. Faith is now. Now faith is. Because right now, the moment you believe, that the moment you believe, you receive. The Bible says, Mark eleven twenty four, that when you pray, believe that you receive when you ask. So 
There's something in the life of a Christian where you believe that you receive the thing that God has promised right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not seven years from now, right now. I've partaken of faith and I've partaken of a divine nature. The moment you realize this in your life, you'll never be the same. You won't talk the same. You won't deal with the same things that other people deal with. Your mind won't race. You won't be shaken by what happens in the world. You know, this is the reason why my family, we never closed down. We never were like, let's preach in mass. We never were in fear and worry. And not one member of our church has passed away or gotten sick from this virus and had been on a sick bed. Not one. Not one. You know why? Because we have partaken of a different nature. We have a faith that promises us that we can possess all these things right now. I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. I don't have to wait until I'm 50 years old and I have experience in the ministry. No, my faith, when it comes alive, I can possess everything right now. I will not be shaken by this world. I will not be in fear by the news or social media or what people are saying. No, my faith is unshakable. My life is built upon a rock. My, I am the wise man that built his house upon the rock, that the winds and the waves came. Storms arose, but I was not moved. I did not budge one inch because I had faith that my God would perform the promise that he gave me. And I've partaken of a different nature. I operate by different rules, by different laws. I have a different authority over me. It's not a man. It's God. I would rather obey God than man. And I hope you do too. Because faith is that. Faith says, I don't care what the wisdom of this earth says. I don't care what the wisdom of man is. I choose to believe the word of the Lord and embrace God's wisdom. Because the Bible says that the wisdom of God is foolish unto men. But the wisdom of men is foolish unto God. So I choose to be a person that doesn't embrace the wisdom of men. For it's futile, the Bible says. But I choose to embrace the wisdom of heaven and the wisdom of God's word because I'm a partaker of a different nature and I've become a new creature. The laws and systems are of, my laws and my systems are of heaven, not of this earth. You know, I'm reminded of Psalm 46. The Bible says, I'm paraphrasing, I'm, I don't, I'm not exactly quoting it word for word, but the Bible says, the nations might rage, the earth might tremble, the oceans might roar, but God speaks his word and the earth melts. Hallelujah. What does that mean? It means everything in your surroundings might be in chaos and disorder. Nations might be issuing decrees and laws that are crazy. The earth might be trembling. There might be natural disasters, hurricanes, whatever it might be. The oceans might roar. There might be tsunamis, tidal waves, whatever it might be. Whatever's going on in this world, it does not matter. For when God sends forth his promise and his word, things must come into alignment with what he's spoken. And I access that promise by faith that God's word overcomes natural worldly circumstance that I no longer have to become a slave to fear, but I've become a child of God. I've become a partaker of a different nature. But you can only access Listen, you can only access this mindset and possess this nature by faith. It only comes by faith. When you realize this, you need not worry about things that other people in this earth are worried about. 
You don't have to worry about the death angel. Why? Because you've put the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts of your home. You're not grouped into the same people as the Egyptians. For the Lord makes a distinction between his people and Egypt. You know, you can ask any Bible scholar, most Bible students know that Egypt is a depiction of the world. So what God was making clear in that story and showing us even today is that he'll always make a distinction through the blood of Jesus and through his promise between his people and this earth that I'm not grouped in with other people that I'm not going to deal with sickness if God says I can be healed. I'm not going to deal with issues in this earth if God said I don't have to because I'm a partaker of a different nature. You know, there was a clothing brand. It might still exist, but it was called Not of This World. And I don't know if they really believe that, but that's true. The Bible says so. We are not of this world. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, we've escaped from the corruption and the systems of the earth. We've escaped. We're no longer grouped in with them. We've received a promise. We've received a helper. We've received a provider. We've received a healer. We've received a savior. We've received a deliverer of things in your mind that worry you. We have the answer. We have the God who will answer by fire. The God who will provide every good thing. The God who will make a way where there is no way. He's the God that will do it all. And we've received a different nature and we operate by different rules and we have a different mind in the name of Jesus. Faith is foolish according to man's wisdom and man's wisdom is foolish according to faith. Never forget that. That faith is foolish according to men's wisdom, according to people in this earth. Even a lot of so-called preachers will call faith foolish a lot of times. You know, I can tell you how many people, you know, came out against my father or my family during this time because of our stand we took against the virus and the stand we took against government overreach and oppression and all these things that people thought, oh, it's no big deal. All the cool youth pastors who are not anointed, you know, oh, let's just comply and wear the mask and be friendly. And no, no, because I am not a partaker of this world. My life is not dictated by what goes on on this earth. Nobody understands that from the Bible. Nobody. It's a different system. It's the kingdom of God. So for every person that came out against my family and called us foolish and called us, you know, all sorts of things, death threats sent to my family, a lot, threatened to be arrested by police, it doesn't matter because faith does that. Faith goes against the grain. Faith says the opposite of what the world is saying. You know how you can know what God's saying? Just turn on the news and just, it's the exact opposite. (laughs) That's probably what God is saying, the exact opposite of what the world is preaching. Because faith is the opposite of fear. And faith is foolish according to man, and man's wisdom is foolish according to God. Always has been and always will be. That's the Bible. So for every mocker in the news, for every politician that wants to shut down the church, for every university educated fool that thinks they're wise, my wisdom is not of this earth, it's of heaven. And I don't care what they say, I don't care what insults they throw, I don't care if they call us bigots or uneducated or dumb, I don't care what they say, they can do anything, but we will not waver from the faith that we possess through the word of God. 
Faith has a promise, and real faith possesses the thing it was promised, despite circumstance and despite feeling. That's number two. I'm going to close today's podcast with the third point, which is faith possesses all things now. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or if you just want to know where I'm getting this text from, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Give me a second to turn there. Because I want you to understand that faith has everything. You know, I dealt with it a little bit in the second point, but I'm really going to drive it home with 1 Corinthians 3 here. Because people will always try to make you think that your faith is insufficient, that your faith is incomplete, that your faith isn't full, that your faith isn't whole. But your faith has everything that you need. Your faith has all things contained within it. And I want to show you this from 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 to 23. Let me make sure I'm in actually 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. Yeah, I'm in 1 Corinthians. I did it right this time. I did it right this time. So the Bible says in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you, listen to this, if anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Hallelujah. That really drives home the point I was making. If anyone thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Why? For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, God catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. What does futile mean? Futile means it's incapable of producing anything useful. That's what the word futile means. The Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile, unable to produce any good thing. So, verse 21, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Faith possesses all things now. But notice the first thing that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 18, he says you must become a fool to the world to be wise in the eyes of God. For God hates the wisdom of men. God strongly is against the wisdom of men. Why? Because the wisdom of men is born out of pride. The wisdom of men is born out of what can I do in my own flesh, in my own mind, in my own things of this earth to solve the issue. God does not like that because God hates pride. And the wisdom of men is born out of pride. But the wisdom of heaven is born out of submission to the word of God. So let nobody boast in human reasoning and let nobody demean you and put you down because they believe in their university regurgitated messages and they believe in their greasy grace and they believe in all their false doctrines and they believe in their feelings over their faith and they believe in their emotions over what the word of God plainly says. Let no one demean you Let no one put you down for believing the word of God over the wisdom of men. It makes you wise in the eyes of God, 
And when you have faith, you please God. For the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Not hard, not difficult, impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith or outside of faith. You need faith. So let no one make fun of you or mock you. I mean, they can make funny, but let it never gain entrance to your heart and affect you because their words mean nothing because God's on your side. When you're on the side of faith, you're on the side of God every time. You know, you can look throughout the whole Bible and there's many, many, many stories of people, heroes of the Bible, men and women, where they had the choice of, do I choose everything else or do I choose faith and do I choose God? You know, Daniel would have been accepted by people that were in the political realm of Babylon if he would have not prayed when they told him not to pray. But he chose to pray and open, even went up to his room and opened up the windows and prayed louder and prayed more when they told him he couldn't pray. Why? Because that's what faith does. You know, it would have been very, very easy and there would have been no trouble, no questions asked if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bowed to the image and just ate, you know, what the kings ate, you know, were gluttons and wine drinkers and mockers and all that. If they just would have embraced that lifestyle and worshiped the idol, they could have been accepted by those that were in their city and in their, you know, area where they lived. But they chose faith. They chose not to bow. They chose God. And because of that, God did not allow them to burn, but the only thing he burned were the things that were binding them. Why? Because anytime there's a situation in your life, right, like right now, situation in the earth, where you can choose faith or you can choose to bow to the earth and what the earth wants done in, in, in the land, you can either choose to bow to that or you can choose to stand up by your faith and say, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose the word of God over every circumstance and over every issue and over every problem. Call me a fool. Call me reckless. Call me an idiot. Call me anything. Make death threats. Threaten to arrest us. But we will choose faith every time and God will back us up for it. You know, I can tell you that during this pandemic time, our church attendance has grown, not lessened, not shrinking. People haven't left the church. More people have come to the church. God's blessing, the faithfulness of my father to preach the gospel, even in a time like this. And he'll do the same for you. God rewards faith. You know, I say it all the time. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So where does the reward of God come from? It comes from diligently seeking him. But first, you have to access it by pleasing him through faith. Hallelujah. It's biblical truth. You can't dispute it. You can't. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. So let nobody mock you or boast in their human reasoning because God says it's futile. God says it will produce nothing useful and nothing good. God says what they think, their mindset, their lifestyle, it's incapable of producing anything useful. That's what God says. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the side of God, not on the side of educated men's wisdom. I want to choose God. I want to please God with my life. I want to please God with how I respond and how I speak and how I act during this time.
I don't want to put God to shame. I don't want to exalt the issues of the world over the solution of the Bible. I don't want to exalt sickness over healing. Never. You'll never catch me doing it. You'll sooner catch me dead than to catch me exalting issues over the solution of God and his word. That's who I want to be. That's who you should be. Because their reasoning, their mindset, how they believe, natural thinking, earthly thinking, it's incapable of producing anything useful. Doesn't mean it's useful for some things and not for others either. It means it's incapable of being useful. That's what God said it was. Some people say, well, you know, it might not be useful for this, but it's useful for that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. No, it's useless. Produces nothing good. That's what God said, and I choose to believe what God said and apply it to my life. It means it serves no purpose for the believer. It serves no purpose for you. Why? For by faith, all things are yours. Faith possesses all, and it possesses it now. In God and with faith, you'll never lack any good thing. For in Christ and in covenant with the Father God, you can possess everything. Don't allow religious people to tell you you have to settle for scraps and settle for less. No, I tell you today from the Bible that all things are yours by faith. You'll lack nothing. You'll lack nothing in your spirit. You'll lack nothing in your soul. You'll lack nothing in your body. You'll lack nothing when you possess this promise by faith. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I want you to know I love you. I want you to uh, be encouraged today by this word. And to just give you a few updates, I'm going to be traveling to Texas next week for some revival meetings in uh, Huntington, Texas at New Beginnings Church with Pastor Jonathan Wallace. So I'm very excited about that. But uh, I'm telling you this because there probably won't be an episode next week, but I want you to stay tuned. I'll definitely be posting about my travel there and the things that God's going to have me do there. I'm very excited about that, that God has even opened doors for me to travel and preach during this lockdown and during this pandemic time. And he'll do the same for you, whatever it is that you're believing for. God, his, his blessing is not dependent upon what's going on in the world. He'll give you food in time of famine. He'll give you water in a time of drought. He'll produce everything you need, even in times of chaos and, you know, things that are unknown. But God's will and his word is known to us. And when we believe it and access it by faith, it will be ours. So be praying for me as I travel there and uh, also be on the lookout for the website that's coming. Um, It's going to be going to be great. I'm already looking at the colors, what it's going to look like, the design of it. It looks awesome. Um, I'm going to have preaching clips on there. I'm going to probably start writing a blog every once in a while to put on there for something for you to read. Um, there's going to be booking information there if you're interested in having me come to speak where you are, if you have a church or anything like that, any events. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a way for people to connect with the ministry partner with the ministry, connect with me, get to know me. And uh, I'm really excited about what God's doing. God's up to something good for his people. God's up to something good for you and me. 
God's intention is always increased. God's intention is to always take us higher and go further and go faster and be accelerated. And for the fire that's in us now to burn ever brighter every day. And I believe that for your life. And I believe that for our generation in this world. So let's just pray before we close out today. Father, I thank you for every listener of the podcast today. God, I ask that you would bless them wherever they are and whenever they're listening to this. I thank you, God, that they'll lack nothing during this time. I thank you, God, that they won't have to be in worry and doubt and question where things are going to come from. But God, I thank you that by your word, by the faith that comes by hearing your word and confessing your word, I thank you, God, that they'll possess all things right now. I thank you, God, that everything they need is already available to them. I thank you, God, that they don't have to pray for things they already have. But God, I thank you that they can just pray with a thank you because they understand that it's already theirs. I pray for all my friends right now. In the name of Jesus, let this word be true to them and let it be true forever. And it's in your mighty son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Be on the lookout for Texas next week and the website that's coming soon. I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.